Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the Word, giving insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. A lot of us, you know, I want to try to take you out of this as being a, a story that's told in children's church. And some of us even have that thing that, you know, yeah, it's, it's a child's story. But no, this is a story that's for all of us. And I think as we go through these first few verses, you're going to see how much of this may actually speak to you today. Because uh, the story of Jonah, a lot of you, you may not know, but God asked Jonah to do something. And he didn't want to do it. And, uh, you know, and as a prophet of God, you, you just expect that people are going to do what God tells them to do. But he didn't want to do what God told him to do, and he ran from God. And if you remember the story, he wound up, uh, God sent this big fish and, and swallowed him. And this fish wound up spitting him out on dry land. Now, that's an amazing story right there. But I just want to encourage you this morning, as we open up, like I said, this is our first week in a four-week series on Jonah. And uh, and I believe this is going to be a story that's going to speak to each one of us. So, if you would, turn in your Bible to uh, the book of Jonah, chapter 1. Just a little hint, if you don't know, it's between Obadiah and Micah. And look in your index if you need to. Find out exactly where it's at. Sometimes it can be a hard book to find. Uh, We're going to start reading in verse 1. And I believe that it's going to help us to understand a few things. There's only the first three verses are really going to speak to us today. In verse 1, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. And this is what God said. God said, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Because the wickedness has come up before me. In verse 3 we see Jonah's unfortunate response. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Now, one of the things that stands out in my mind at this point is, you know, he is called of God. He's a prophet of God. And God gave him a simple commandment for him to go. He wanted him to go and he said, because the wickedness of these people has come to my attention. And I'm sending my man, Jonah, to go and to speak to these people. And Jonah didn't want to go. And I want you to think about this because we're going to hit a few things in just a second uh, to understand why. Uh, When God spoke to Jonah and he told him to go, Jonah has something that a lot of us don't realize. When he went to, when he was visualizing inside of himself what God has told him to do, he is having to go to one of the biggest enemies of his people, of the Jewish people. God's people, these were their biggest enemies. And they were fixing to have to go and speak to them. See, Nineveh was the capital of the Syrian Empire. The Assyrians were God's, the, the, God's people's biggest enemy that they fought against all the time. And I want to tell you a little bit about the Assyrians so that we can kind of get a grip on what was going through Jonah's mind. Because I want us to think about this. It 
was rumored back then, and this comes from history books. It's not in the Bible, but if you read history, you'll go back. The Assyrians, when they would go in and conquer a village or some city, they were very brutal in what they would do. When the Assyrians would come in, one of the first things they would do is they would start killing people. The next thing that they would do is they would, they would capture all the men... And some of this can get a little graphic this morning. I'm not going to get into really bad things, but after the men were captured, they would rape all the women. And even the little children would be raped. And then what they would do after this took place, they would take the men and they would skin them alive. And they would bury them in the sand up to their neck. And they would take their tongue and pull it out and drive a stake through their tongue into the ground. And they would die of thirst in the desert. Then they would take and they would cut off all their heads and they would build a big pyramid out in front of their city to show that this city was conquered by the Assyrian army. So when I read this to you, and I've explained that to you, maybe you get a little different concept of why Jonah maybe didn't want to go. But you know, the, the, the hard thing to realize is this. The God that we serve went through a brutal punishment for us. He took the death of the cross which was a brutal punishment, the beating and the the whipping that he took and these things. So I want you to visualize God wants us to have love and compassion even for our enemies. Amen. So he sent Jonah. He sent him to go. Jonah decided not to go. He had it in his mind. He knew, you know, I'm not going. I hate these people. And if we're, if we're honest as Christians today, there are people in our lives sometimes that we just don't like. There can even be times in your life where you hate somebody. But God loves you and He wants you to get over that bitterness and that hatred of other people enough that you can share the truth with them. Maybe if you put yourself in those shoes, maybe somebody has wronged you. Maybe somebody's hurt you. Or maybe they've hurt somebody that you love, your family. Somebody said something that's, that's really caused a, a great deep hurt. I mean, something that cuts you to the core. And you have a hard time to believe God, anything good for that person. As a matter of fact, I, I, I've heard men of God that say this over somebody. I, I, I hope that person burns in hell. I've heard people say that. I've heard them repent of it. But I've heard that come out of people that love God say that about somebody else. And what do we have to do though? We have to realize we have to overcome our hurts. We have to overcome things that we have against others. We have to be able to forgive. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Sometimes uh, we make a decision like Jonah. He decided not to do what God said. God was sending him on a, on a mission. But there's some things, even in our life, think about it, put it in today's concept to you. Maybe, maybe you're in this dating mode. And, and you are, you know, you're dating this person and, and, and when you're around them, you just feel different. You know, there's something about that guy, he's all that. Or, you know, she smells really good, a lot better than the other people I hang around. You know, and you start, you start hanging out together and next thing you know, there starts being this bond going on. 
and, and you start dealing with things going on in your body, there's hormones start working and you start thinking, and you know what the Bible says, but then you start thinking, you know, I know God, you know, I know I should wait, I should wait, but you still get tempted and you start getting pulled the wrong direction. You start doing things you shouldn't be doing. You start messing around. And the Word of God comes and He says, you know, I've got this, this is sacred, this is for, this is for marriage. And you're like, yeah, I know God, but you know, uh, you know, I really, I don't really care what your word says. This is what I want. And we go through this battle of what are we going to do? Are we going to listen to God? Or are we going to listen to what we want to do? And we have to come to a place where we don't always do what we want, but we have to be corrected sometimes by what the word of God says. Now I'm going to take you this little journey right now. Just a quick second. We're going to talk about ice cream. Who likes ice cream? Everybody? All right, I'm going to ask you a question, okay? It's going to be everybody in the room who thinks we're going to look at, just say, chocolate and vanilla, okay? Everybody that thinks chocolate is the best, I want you to raise your hand. I've got a good many hands up, okay? Put those hands down. All right, now vanilla. If vanilla is the best, if it's the best, I want you to raise your hands. Now, some of y'all voting twice now. <laughs> Now, that's not fair. That's not in the script. But I want to tell you, you know, even Pastor Kevin said that sometimes everybody can be wrong, and this time it's you, because Rocky Road is actually the best. Okay? But I'll show you this to let you know this, that you have, an, you have a choice. You have an opinion. But our opinion is not always the right one. It doesn't mean we're correct with our opinion. It just means we have an opinion. God's word is always correct, and we have to put it in. You know, we got to we got to understand where He's coming from with what He says. Amen. All right. So we found out that I'm right with the ice cream. All right. Here's the the thing that I want you to realize is sometimes when God comes to you, and I believe this this morning, I want to say this. I believe every one of you here, God is saying something to you. Just like he spoke to Jonah, I think God is saying something to each person here today. And you've got a choice. Are you going to obey or are you going to disobey? Are you going to be obedient to what God is saying to you this morning or are you going to go the other way? And see, and it can be in different areas of your life. It could, it could be everything. It could be in your finances. It could be in your personal life. It could be in your friends that you have. It could be in choices that you're making every day. But you need to be willing to listen when God speaks. The first thing that you're going to have a, port, uh, a chance to do is... To say you don't want to do something. That's your first temptation that's going to come against you. In your talk notes it says, God will often ask you to do things you don't want to do if you're filling out your talk notes this morning. And I want you to realize that you have a choice. The first thing is going to be when God speaks, you're going to make a decision. What are you going to do? I want you to think about that. And then, when the word comes to you, and you make the decision, you're going to say, yes, Lord, I want to do that. Or you're going to say, no, I'm not doing it. I'm going to choose my way. I'm going to do what I want to do. Now, how many of you have children? We do this a lot of times, and I'm guilty. I'm just going to tell you straightforward, I'm guilty of this. You tell your children, you know, you need to get up and take care of that right now. I'm going to count to three. 
Anybody done this? Alright, I'm guilty. One, you don't see nothing happening. Two, they're looking at you like you're an idiot. Two and a half, see my finger's not up, it's like two and a half, two and three quarter. What are we teaching? Delayed obedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. God wants you to be able to take and do what He's called you to do right now. When He speaks to you, we need to get this relationship going with God that when He says it, we get up and we do it. Amen? We've got to get away from delayed obedience because delayed obedience is not obedience. We're not doing what God said do. If He tells you to go and say something, maybe there's a lost person and you're supposed to go and share with this person this great and wonderful testimony that God's done in your life. And you get to the point where you go to share this testimony and, oh yeah, I was supposed to do that last week. Let's, go, let's get over there and do it. And then you find out in the obituary paper, that person's gone. I was supposed to share my testimony with that person. Maybe their life, maybe they would have accepted the Lord, but I wasn't there. I didn't do my part. But Lord, I, I, I'm obedient, I'm, I'm st- but it's too late. You've got to be willing to step out when God says step out. Amen? We can't just go around believing that God's counting one, two, two and a half, two and three quarter, two and five, eight, you know, whatever, working his way up the chart. When God speaks, it, he wants some people that's going to be willing to step out in faith and do what he says do. Amen. Now I've got a number two. I'm going to read this to you. In, in, the, in the scripture, let's back up to the scripture real quick. In verse 2. It says, God said, go to Nineveh and preach against it. Because its wickedness has come up before me. There's a reason. The wickedness is bad. You can tell by what I told you they're doing. It's bad stuff, you know. Now, the next verse, it says, but Jonah ran away see the second uh, feeling that you have in your, in your notes there is that there's always a ship sailing in the wrong direction there's always going to be a boat that's heading the opposite way that what God told you to go and we'll look for that boat believe me when God says you know this is what we're going to do and you're like well we got this option and you know what God you know this, this other one this looks like a good path here too Let's go on this one. But no, God says, here. You have to be careful. I'll give you a little story of of my life uh, when it comes to this. Many of you, if you were here Wednesday night, you kind of heard the story. There was a time in my life I was in uh, a bad state. I almost died of alcohol poisoning. And I I was laying in the floor. I shared this. But the Lord healed me. I was between two and three days in the floor. The Lord healed me. I rededicated my life. The friends I had been partying with that left me in the floor didn't want to call the ambulance. They left me there. These guys were calling me back. Come on, man. We're getting ready to go out. We're going to have another good time. We're going out to party. We want you to be with us, man. Come on. I'm like, no, man. I'm a different person. Man, I'm telling you, I'm not the person that... I can even laugh at who I used to be because that's not me anymore. I'm a new creature in Christ. And my buddies is like... And this is what I want you to hear. There's always a ship going in the wrong direction. Listen. My buddy said, that's all right, man. You're going through a phase. I understand. 
I got you. I've, I've known plenty of people who said they accepted the Lord. And they bank partying today. There's always a ship. Listen to me. There's always a boat going the wrong way. My buddy said, that's all right. I'm going to call you next Friday because we're going out next Friday. to give you a whole week to get over this experience. And we're going out. We're going to party. We're going to hit up the town good. In Athens, Georgia. Don't ever go there, you know, if you don't have to. <laughs> that place, I got a bad, some bad experiences there. But the thing about it is this. I, I stayed true. But you know what? A little short testimony in the middle. That those friends, one of my friends, he was one of my closest friends, half Japanese. They were he was afraid of uh, dead folks. He thought I was dead. That's why he left me in the floor. They were they were terrified, superstitious about dead folks, and uh, they they left me there. Like I say, I was there almost you know between Friday night and Sunday evening. I was there in the floor, and. Uh, but this guy, after hearing me tell him the truth, they watched me several several months. They kept watching. Is he going to go back to his old ways? Is he going to go back? You know, what's going on? My buddy, he called me, and he wanted to give his heart to the Lord. He said, I see that there's something in you I didn't see before. There's something going on in your life that I haven't experienced, and I didn't know. I've never seen people that really were true. But she, he said, I've seen, you at, at, I've seen you when you were partying. And I see you now. And he says, the good thing about it though, man, is he said, all the things that I really loved about you when you were partying, he said, man, all that good stuff is still there. He said, the only thing that's bad is all the, all the crazy junk. The good parts of who you are as a Christian stay with you. Amen? It's the crazy junk. My buddy asked me if I'd pray with him. I prayed with him. He got engaged. I prayed with his fiance. They both accepted the Lord. I got to preach their wedding out in their field in front of their house. So the thing I'm trying to say is this. There's always a ship going the other direction. Just don't get on that ship. Be true to what God said. Watch out for that. That's a trick. Ships going in the opposite direction of what God said can look good. That can be a pretty boat, you know, nice. But you don't need to get on the ship that goes a different direction from what God's called you to do. Amen. Amen. And we're talking about this. When God asks you to do things that you, you don't want to do, I'm going to tell you, uh, or he, he, he tells you to do something, you don't really want to do it. I was working one time. This was at a plant in Athens, Georgia. Westinghouse ABB. We made transformers. These are the little trash cans you see hanging up on the power poles. Um, I used to make those. I used to. I was in coil winding. I made the internal parts of these transformers. And part of my job was to. I had a. I had equipment that was coming in. I had metal wires that were coming in, and I had a, a hydraulic press that would that would crimp these leads onto this metal wire. And it had these two buttons for my protection. I would have to set everything up and I'd reach up and hit these two switches and stomp a switch with my foot and that would make the, the hydraulic press come down. To protect me, I can't touch my arms in there and my foot is safe. The press is coming down. Well, I figured out that I could take a stick about this big and I could put a cushion on both ends of that stick, have it taped up, and I could get a whole lot more work done. I reach up in the middle between them two switches, stick this thing in there and push it, and boom, it's done. Another one, boom, it's done. Another one, boom, it's done. I get done with my work twice as fast. But there's reasons that they have safety protocol in place in places like this. And a lot of times, if you don't know, if you ever talk to me and I'm up here preaching and I get distracted... I have a hard time kind of focusing 
I don't know if it came back to the brain damage from when I was in the floor with the alcohol poisoning or, or what. But I sometimes people can get me off track. And, and I got off track this day. I was there and I'm working and this buddy of mine, they saw me that I had the cheats, you know. The people that I was working with and they knew. But this guy come up and he's talking to me and I'm like, you know, I got the cheat up. He asked me some kind of question. And I got the lead in place, and I'm like, I step on the switch by accident, my hand's in there. And, um, and I'm sitting there talking to him, and I, I don't like realize, you know, sometimes it's like you, you touch something, and you all of a sudden you realize, hey, something don't feel right. You know, and I look down, and about that time, I mean, it, it, it didn't crush my fingers. But it was just at the edge. If it had, if, if it had went just a little bit more, I'd have lost four fingers. Because all four fingers were laying there. I'd have had a, a, a copper lead crimped over my four fingers and probably pinched them off. But the thing about it is, those safety things were there. I chose to take a different route because it seemed like the easy way. And a lot of times we do that in our life. We'll take the easy road instead of what God's actually prepared for us, the safe road. Relationship-wise, we'll choose to do the things that we want to do instead of waiting for God's moment when we're married, where we're, where we're in the perfect unity that God's got. We'll cheat on what God has for us. Does that make sense? We need to wait on what God's got for us, His perfect timing. So I jumped back to that one. I'm going to go back where I was supposed to be. All right, there's always a boat going the wrong direction. Uh, Watch this in Jonah's life. Here's what God said. I want you to preach to the Ninevites. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. He headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Now I want you to realize this. Tarshish was 2,500 miles from his target destination. His target destination was 500 miles. He could have gotten there a lot easier than having to go to this other wing. He's running from God. He even tells you um, he, he was fleeing from God. In our life, we'll flee from God and take the wrong decisions and we'll wind up getting far from God because we didn't listen. We'll take the long way around. Anybody ever know that there's a shortcut sometimes, but we'll go the long way around. And when we finally get there, it's like, you know, it would have been so much easier if I had just did this. But we have to make a decision. And why did he sell for Tarshish? Because he wanted to do what? He want, God said go east to Nineveh. But Jonah says, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't like those people. He's like, you know, I'm going a different direction. You know, maybe I'll get back to there later. But for right now, I'm going somewhere else. It's going to take me a... Listen to this. To sail 2,500 miles back then would took him over a year. He says, I'm, you know, I'm on this little vacation, God. I'm going to visit Tarshish. When I get back, maybe I'll consider delayed obedience. Is disobedience, you know what I'm saying? Think about that. It's a lot of running that he was doing. We do that in our own life. We run. We're people who, who like to, to get far from God. But I want to show you just something else to you. I want you to think about this. 
Sometimes, maybe you don't get on a ship and go somewhere else. Maybe you're not fleeing that way. Maybe you just have withdrawn yourself from church or from people because you got hurt, you got offended, and, and something didn't suit just right, and you've pulled yourself back. But I want you to think about this, this story. This happened to me, me and my family. We had gone to the beach. We had gone down. I'm trying to remember what beach it was. I put a little note in here. Uh, see if I can remember what story this was. Y'all hang in there with me. We were at Hilton Head Island. There we go. We were at Hilton Head. I had, we were there and my wife and my girls, they were up there. My girls were building sandcastles. And me and my son said, you know, we're going swimming. We're going out there. We're going out, you know, past where most people go. We're getting out in the deeper water. And we're out there and there's good waves coming in and we're jumping the waves and having a good time. We're out there maybe an hour and a half. These big waves come by and we see a shark in it. You know, small shark, not a big one. But uh, then, I, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking Mama's out there somewhere, you know. So, but we we still stayed out there. We're jumping, and all of a sudden, I look back, you know. And I had, several times I looked, and I'm looking for where is Isabel and the girl, you know, where are they at. And I'm looking, and I'm like, where's our hotel? We're not even in front of our hotel anymore. It's like the current was drifting with us. The the waves are pushing us, and we look, and our hotel's way up the beach. You know, and we start working our way back. But sometimes when you are, are out and you're doing your thing, you don't realize, you, you just pulled back from, you know, you, you just don't feel like going to church this week. You know, I don't want to talk to somebody. I want to, I got time. I got to do some me time. Got to get out. And when next thing you realize, you look back and you're like, man, how did I get so far from God? I got off track. I, I, I'm missing where I'm supposed to be. I'm, I'm not in my right place. And, and you realize, you know, I used to be really close. I had a relationship. But now, I don't, I don't even remember how I could have gotten so far. You have to think about that. Because sometimes those decisions that you make are just like jumping on a boat and leaving somewhere. You're not purposefully going somewhere, but not being purposefully headed toward God. You're drifting away. And sometimes that can take a long time to get back if, unless you repent and call, fall on your face and ask God to forgive you because then you can be right back where you were. Now there's a third thing that I want you to realize is this. With Jonah, it said that God called up a storm. He, he, it actually refers to it as like he breathed this storm on this boat. And uh, in verse 4, it says, The Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the sea, that the ship threatened to break apart. This is Jonah 1 4. Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew that he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them in Jonah 1, 8 through 10. Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you, Jonah 1, 12. Sometimes disobedience causes effects on others. The people in that ship didn't do anything wrong. They were just going to a port. But because Jonah was on the ship, all of a sudden their lives are in turmoil. Sometimes decisions that we make is going to cause storms in the lives of people around us. 
we think that, yeah, this is just me. You know, all I'm doing is hurting myself. But no. The things that we do, they affect our family. They affect our friends. They affect everybody around us that has connection to us. When we're doing wrong and we're doing sin, the people that see us sinning, we are helping them to think that sinning is okay. That doing the things that God has for for delivered us from is okay. So we need to realize that when we do things that are wrong, it's not just us. Think about the people on the ship. There were some people on that ship, yes, maybe they weren't Christian. These people, they had all kind of gods probably. But one thing about it, when the ship started falling apart, they started looking to see, they cast lots to see who was the guilty one. And and the lots fell on Jonah. I wonder how they come to that conclusion. Because, see, God wanted them to see that there was something going on. When they threw Jonah out of this ship, they didn't even want to do that. They, wanted, they started throwing the cargo over, doing everything else. And Jonah said, look, man, you have to throw me in the water. And, you know, that amazes me. Because I would have been scared to be thrown in the water. You know, if there's not a, a, you know, a beach real close, you know, I don't like being out in the middle of the ocean. But, uh, and especially with all these storms going on. But uh, when, when this starts to happen and you realize there are people's lives that are in danger because of you, then you start to really go back and you need to look and say, you know, whatever it is that, that you did wrong, start going the opposite direction. Head back. Ask God to forgive you. Get back on track. The, that's the thing that... Part three on your talk notes, if you had it there, is God may send a storm to grab your attention. Sometimes it's only when the storm hits that you can realize, hey, that was because of me. When that happened, you know, I was the cause of that because I didn't want to listen to what God said. The Lord had sent this great, this great wind and it was causing turmoil in this ship. A lot of things were going on. And when he said, pick me up, throw me into the sea, that it will become calm. I know that it is my fault. See, he he realized at that moment, this is all because of me. You know, no reason for all these people to die just because of me. And something in the back of his mind, I think, started clicking. It says, you know, God sent me to this group of people that I hated. And some of those people are going to die because of me. I want you to think about that in your life. That sometimes the things that we do have consequences on people. And God may have an intention for those people to be saved through what he's called you to do. I shared part of my story a little bit to you before. It was probably three or four months ago. I don't know if any of you were here. But uh, I shared this story and I want to share it again real quick. Because it was something that, that God had told me. But I got healed of asthma through laying on of hands. It was in a prayer service type setting. It was in a house. But these people came and prayed for me and they they laid their hands on me and prayed and I felt as asthma left my body. I was wheezing. I was used to wheezing my whole life. I was used to having this hard time breathing. These people prayed for me and I got healed instantly. I'm talking about instantly. My lungs filled with air. I could breathe again. And I started telling everybody. I'm like, Lord, Lord, you know, anybody that you want me to share my testimony with, I'm going to share. So I started sharing, and I started sharing. And I got not sharing with some of these people, even this one I was telling you that uh, at one time had seen me laying in the floor. 
I started sharing them what God had done for me. And they're like, yeah, um, yeah, we think you're crazy, you know. I don't know what's the matter with you or whatever, but, you know, we don't trust in you. We know what you used to do. We, you know, we don't, we don't think you're right at all in anything. And so as I started hearing people saying, making fun and laughing and all this stuff, you know, um, I, I got to a place where I quit sharing my testimony. And I, about three weeks went by. And I felt this tightness come back into my chest. And I was like, my greatest fear is that asthma would come back. Because here I have testified and all this stuff. Well, I feel myself, I start to, to feel this tightness in my chest. And I take a deep breath and then my, you know, one of my greatest fears was there. And I heard that wheezing. And I'm like, oh no. I started rebuking the devil. I started rebuking the devil. I standing on the word. I said, Lord, in your word it says this, and I trust it and I believe it. And, and, and the Lord spoke to me and he said this. He says, why are you rebuking him? And I got to think about that. I said, Lord, because, you know, he's the one who's bringing sickness and he's the one who does all this. And the Lord said, he has nothing to do with this. He says, are you ashamed of your testimony? Point blank. You know, when God asks you something, sometimes He hits you right where it hurts. Are you ashamed of your testimony? I'm like, no, I'm not afraid. Of, I'm not ashamed of my testimony. Those, those are swine. Those people, you know, you say don't cast your pearls before the swine. Those people are swine. I, I don't, I'm not waste my energy on those people. And God said, those people aren't swine. Those are my sheep that don't know the truth yet. And He says, and I've called you to share your testimony because I want somebody to get some truth out of what you're saying. These people that have seen you party, these people have seen you almost die that you can share the truth and not be ashamed of your testimony but move forward so I had this time my greatest fear brought about a greatest change in my life too I started testifying again the tightness in my chest the wheezing went away I realized it was a spiritual battle some of you are going to have battles like that some of you are going to have battles like that in your finances when you start trying to put your finances in order you're going to see these battles that flare up and it's going to be up to you to realize like I did sometimes the greatest enemy is not the devil sometimes the greatest enemy that affects my life is me I make bad decisions I make wrong choices and I'm sometimes when we quick to blame somebody else that's just being honest I'm being open this morning sometimes we'll blame others when it's our fault but Jonah's worst nightmare was exactly what he needed when he was thrown out of this boat it says, and uh, they threw Jonah overboard, and the sea that was raging, it grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to Him. Now listen to me, lost people, because they saw when Jonah was thrown overboard and the, and the storm calmed down, these lost people made vows. They sacrificed to the Lord because they saw the truth even in Jonah's disobedience here because he turned back right he realized I'm the guilty one he finally put the focus where it should be on him he realized what he did was wrong then all of a sudden he starts to see these other people's lives are affected because of my sin they can also be affected to the good way if I take care of it 
It says, and they offered sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. It says, but the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. Thank God the fish swallowed Jonah. Think about that in your life. This fish that a lot of people think of as the punishment was his salvation. This fish that swallowed him could have been a giant great white shark could have chewed him to pieces and spit him out. But no, this giant fish was sent by God. It gave him a safe spot, a place to think, a place to cherish and to trust that God is in control. I may be in this fish's belly, but right now the thing that I'm thinking is I can breathe. I didn't get chewed up. And I got a chance at whatever it is. I don't know where I'm going from this fish's belly. Hopefully it's not through his digestive tract. But I'm in this fish's belly and right now he came to a place of peace. He came back to when he's calling upon the Lord and he says... I'm going to repent. I'm sorry. Now I want you to think about that today. When you have realized that God has asked you something and you said no. Or He's asked you something and you delayed your response. Or he's asked you something and a ship comes by that's going the opposite direction and you decide, hey, this vacation looks pretty cool compared to what God's asked me to do. When you come to that place where you realize that your greatest fear is what you need to happen to break through, that's when you're going to start to see the Jonah in each of you. Because there's a Jonah hiding out inside of each of us and we can blame Jonah for what he did that he didn't have love and compassion but can we blame ourselves the Jonah in us when we make mistakes when we don't do what's right and when we have these effects that we have caused on all these other lives I want to pray with you each this morning